Stay angry that the government want to take all this from us. Stay angry that Highways England want to plough four lanes of HGV traffic through this. It will just be an environmental disaster. It will be an emotional disaster. It will be a mental health disaster. Any work that will disturb the cap on that site has the potential to release dioxins, asbestos fibres, polychlorinated biphenyls, chemicals that are proven to be carcinogenic or harmful to health. People are still unaware of just how severe and how detrimental the plans are. The amount of pollution that literally just killing people off. All the distress that continual traffic causes all the time, the noise, the particulates. So we've got to find a way to deal with this, but building another road is not the answer. Hello and welcome to our review of the Rimrose Valley Friends campaign team roundup for the year. People often ask us how the campaign is going and what we've been up to. So in this final episode for 2022, we're going to update you on all of the inspiring activities that have been going on behind the scenes. We recently met to reflect on what we've achieved, led by Stu, our campaign coordinator, and we'd love to share our discussions with you. When we actually look back on what we've achieved, we were massively encouraged for the park's future, and we hope you will be too. We would like to dedicate this episode to the memory of one of the founding members of Rimrose Valley Friends, Hazel Davis, who sadly passed away at the beginning of December. Hazel will be greatly missed, and our campaigning will continue in her memory. Now, over to Stu for our year's review. I think from all of our perspective it's been another year of learning more and more about the impact of road building and how it's all interconnected with, you know, without being too dramatic, some of the biggest issues that are going on at the moment. We've got the climate emergency, air pollution crisis and the public health crisis that comes off on the back of that. Uh, loss of biodiversity, we need to be protecting habitats, not ripping them up and destroying them. But access to green space post-Covid. Um, if that, anything like that were to happen again and you know, lots of people aren't fortunate enough to have a, a back garden or even a yard, so public green spaces are vital. So yeah, it, 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 the, the longer our campaign goes on, the more we learn and the more we know or the more everybody can see just how fundamentally wrong this is. Lots of stuff has been happening this year. It's been, I would say it's definitely been quite an admin-based year. Uh, lots of letter writing. We've been writing to the Transport Secretary and various transport ministers in government. Funnily enough, all of those are now gone because, <laughs> because of the chaos that's going on in government. Obviously, we've got new prime ministers. Uh, various people have been sacked or replaced. But, um, and there's an argument to say, no, well, you've, you've wasted your time by writing to those people, but it's really important that we keep this issue on the agenda at Westminster and they know we're not going anywhere and you know, that, that, will, that will continue. We've encouraged people to take part in lots of consultations, so you'll know that the council, your council as well, everybody's councils are always consulting on stuff, so Sefton have run count, uh, a consultation, Liverpool City Region have consulted on their local transport plan. Now that determines the, what the future of transport is going to look like for all of us in, in Merseyside and that includes a big section on freight, freight and logistics. So we used collectively used our responses to say we don't want a road to solve freight and logistics uh, access around the port, we want rail and, and innovative solutions. So has anybody, we all took part in that I think didn't we? Yeah. Is that an online survey? Yeah. 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 
What else was really important this year was uh, securing the backing of the trade unions. Um, and obviously, as the year progressed, we realised just how important trade unions are and, and how much they come to dominate the news. But a local resident approached us uh, in spring. Um, he was secretary for Prospect uh, Union, and he said he wanted to put a motion at the TUC's Northwest Conference for them to back our campaign and to support the council and the Liverpool City Region's calls for better alternatives and you know to work with local politicians. So that was really important because obviously lots of workers and port-based workers are members of unions and like we've said throughout this, we don't oppose the port's expansion, we don't oppose port workers or HGB drivers, we want better conditions for them too. But So that's led into a really interesting avenue I think for the campaign, we're on the radar of that organisation. Obviously an organisation like the TUC has got reached to tens of thousands of members and that will come in really important when we, we get back to doing some big demos uh, if we're allowed to. Depending <laughs> on what the government of the day says, but yeah, that, so that was a good that was a good a good development. Later in spring, we had a massive breakthrough politically for us. Steve Rotherham intervened, and he's been quite sort of arm's length about the campaign over the, until uh, this year. He met with us and council leaders and local MPs, and that culminated in a letter he wrote to then Transport Secretary Grant Shapps. Uh, and I think the phrase he used was, uh, I support the local council and MPs, politicians for, for better alternatives. And that's quite a shift from his original stance, which was road building isn't in my locus, it's a Sefton issue. So I think there's a realisation now by our metro mayors, both he and Andy Burnham are really switched on on, on the climate emergency and their plans for transport in the area. And I, I hope the pennies drop that you can't have these grand plans for public transport and active travel and yet let a road be built on this scale in this location on your watch. So I'm really hopeful that he's going to be true to his word and support our council and our MPs in, in demanding better, uh, better alternatives because without fail, whenever you speak about these things with politicians across the country, the first question is, what's your metro mayor's take on this? because that's where the power's heading, it's to devolution and the city region, and that's, the, again, another one of the levels that we need to be working at. So it was brilliant to see. Yeah, that's, we've had progress with Steve last week, progress. which has been very pleasing, hasn't it? Yeah, we, we're talking about a climate emergency. We've just had the hottest summer on record. We've had some of the highest rainfall. If people didn't believe in the climate emergency to this point, well, this year's weather events have proven it, and places like Rimrose... You know, they're, they're natural flood defences and, you know, Lump Meadows flooded, didn't it, um, after when, the, when the river broke its banks? But, yeah. And I think, as I say, I'm, I'm really hopeful that because he gets what the climate emergency is about and we all know that transport is the UK's biggest emitter of CO2 emissions, you can't keep building roads like this. And, you know, at South Sefton, we, we're choking on the fumes of, of too many busy roads and you don't solve it by putting another one in. Another major development, I suppose, was National Highways announcing in the summer. They, 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 they got it wrong because they posted it on the website and neglected to tell anybody about it. But their, their update this summer was that there another 12 months added delay because they've realised, the pennies finally dropped, that the traffic data and all of the traffic modelling they did five, six, seven years ago is now out of date. You know, we're living in a post-Brexit, post-Covid world where the port has got busier and busier and people are working from home. So that 
15% figure that Peel trot out and say, well, only 15% of the of the traffic on that A5036 is port related. We know that's not that's no longer true. We bet it's higher than that, and also. It misses the point because that 15% of vehicles, it's what kind of vehicles is the port generating. It's not a car, it's enormous HGVs which are the worst polluters on our roads, they cause the worst accidents and they're the ones that are doing the damage. Yeah, so, but there's so many more people working from home now, isn't there? Exactly, and, yeah. and so Santander, yeah, taken Santander closed, didn't it? So that's, yeah. that's a huge employer where those uh, those those cars are no longer travelling along that, along that route. And, and I think... I think this is the point that Sefton's council officers, those in charge on the highways, this is the point that they've been making, saying your logic is flawed, you know, it's, it's out of date, we urgently need to revisit this. And we, we fully expect that, that updated traffic modelling to, to be more indicative of what the real picture is. We get mixed messages all the time, but one breath like we hear the port's got these great things to expand and then and yet just a couple of weeks ago they've laid off a load of workers saying oh the, the, the global container. Uh, contradictory isn't it, what, it is. what they've been saying recently. So you know if, 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 if the global container uh, market is crashing, imagine if we'd built that road, uh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's it's all very all very confusing but you can't have your cake and eat it and, and that's that's what Peel, exactly what Peel are trying to do. Everybody that lives around here knows that we lost our local newspaper towards the end of the summer, which was the champion. Uh, that was a vital voice for, for the community on all sorts of issues, but also particularly for our campaign, because we, they, we had good relationships with that paper and, and, and the journalists there actually cared about our campaign. And so I'm really hoping that in 2023, somebody steps up and says, you know, we're going to launch a, another free newspaper for South Sefton, because... It, just for local democracy, we got to find out find out about planning applications and you know obviously the road issues, but like sport and, and and there was bad news in there, but there was also lots of nice good news stories, and I think it's really important uh, to have that because I, I don't buy the Echo, <laughs> and I know that less and less people do these days, but um, it's it, it's as I say we, we need we need to get we need to get that, so hopefully we'll get that back in the new year. And all I want to add that was that is just how important it is to keep getting this on the agenda at Westminster. It's not just about Rimrose Valley, like Kath was saying. It's about the Port of Liverpool, the problems, the impact it's having on South Sefton, and and if it is the best thing since sliced bread for the northwest economy, then it can have a budget to match. And, that, and without without exception, Peter Dowd and Bill Esterson always say that they talk about the wider issues. Yes, Rimrose Valley is a vital green space that we've got to protect but we also need to alleviate the conditions alongside that existing corridor, and it is totally possible. Something I was really proud to represent the campaign at was a Transport Action Network had their first conference they, they formed a few years ago, and they are a, an amazing resource for all road campaigners across the country. They support you with information. They put you in touch with the other share um, share people's experiences, but they invited us to go and talk about our campaign. And we were st stood in front of, you know, the most most of the experts in sustainable transport in, in in the country. And what I found massively inspiring about that and frustrating in equal measure is if if the departments for transport just handed the task of solving transport over to those people, it would be done in weeks or months without building roads and without carving up the countryside or, or, green, or green spaces. They know the answers, they just have no 
route to government, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, it was it was inspirational. It really was. Um, but it also brought home the like the need to tackle our own car use, and I think all of us have done that in the course of campaigning. We'll probably think twice about jumping in the car to do something. We ride our bikes more, and and it's all that kind of thing that will add, add into it, undermining the case for building more roads. attended the Labour Party conference. We, we, had, uh, we were outside, weren't we, Kath? Yeah. Uh, one cold morning on, on Sunday at the, when the conference started, handing out flyers and stickers to anyone and everyone who'd stop and, and hear us. And then we had a pass to go into the conference and did as much, I hate the word, networking, but that's what, exactly what we were there for, and spotting as many of the, the shadow transport team as we could, we could find, including, obviously, shadow environment ministers and stuff. But... Again, at the time of recording this uh, this uh, podcast, you know the government's in turmoil, um, and whatever your political persuasion, it, we've got. I've got a real sense that it can't go on like this much longer. And if we get a general election, it, we've always been had this in mind. We have to play the long game as a campaign. So, engaging with other political parties, transport representatives, is really important. Again, so if if and when they were to come to power, the port of Liverpool and Rimrose Valley and the A5036 is, is in their subconscious. And it's like, yeah, I remember hearing about this. And it was, again, it was great to hear that the likes of Peter and Bill had already spoken to Louise Hager, got to speak to her. She's the Shadow Transport Secretary. Spoke to some of her colleagues, a, a guy called Tan Deshi is the, is the Shadow Rail Minister. And Mike Kane, he spoke at the Westminster Hall debate. And they know what's going on here. And the, you know they know that levelling up hasn't happened for Liverpool. and. If it means anything, I would like to think that any government, whether it's red, gold, green, not, it won't be blue, <laughs> will invest in Liverpool properly uh, and, and give us the infrastructure that we need. But um, yeah, so who knows what, when, by the time this podcast goes out, who knows who's going to be in power or what route the country's heading in. But I think we've covered every conceivable base. That's a good explanation because people often say to me, as probably to you, oh, so where, where are things up at, at, you know, where are things up to with Grimrose? And I say, well, the road's not happening, you know, as it stands, the road is, is there's nothing happening with the road. And they say, well, what, what are you busy working on? And it's so difficult to yeah. try and sort of say, well, you know, being in touch with this politician and that politician and, and you know, Transport Action Network and, you know, the, the, that doesn't really mean anything to them. But that summary that you've sort of given there does sort of... Um, Help yeah. to explain the busy, the, you know, the busy things yeah. that, that we are yeah. so much going busy on doing. You know, there is a lot going on behind the scenes. Yeah, um, and it is sort of like political networking, isn't it? You know, that you're summarising there. There's been a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I think I mean, it's been a good year for them. it has. I mean, it, I th- what I really like, the, 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 without fail, the best things we've ever done have been the big demo last year and hands across the valley. Those mass public events. That's what keeps people engaged and this is why I was saying the champion was so important to let people know about those and we're going to have to think creatively as a campaign about how we get word out in the future about other stuff we've done but even the, the festival we didn't have a big demo this year but we had that festival on Rimrose yeah. which was national that lottery was funded thing, it? Yeah. and it wasn't about the campaign but it did bring an audience new audience and existing audience to Rimrose Valley and there was music there was fun and it was, it was quite nice to, to meet up and not be agitating or worrying about anything. Um, what was nice about it? It was free for the community. Yeah. And we applied for the for the funding. We got community funding for it, didn't we? The national lottery funding for it, and which meant it was completely free for the community. 
So, you know, it was really well attended. And, and do, do you know, I don't know if you know, but the traders that were there said that's their best day's trading that they've had. And they go to all these other fairs all over the place. And they said, by far, that was their, their best takings. And they said to me, you know, are you going to be having any more of these? And they, they, they thought the traders thoroughly enjoyed the event as well because the atmosphere was such a... Um, it was a joyous, um, I don't know, spiritual type of, it was just a lovely, fun day, free day. Mm. And, and lots of people said, oh, why don't we have this every year? Yeah, yeah. Lots of planning, mm. lots of work. Well, it would be lovely to have it every well, year. It was hats, hats off to, to obviously Steve McGriskin yeah. and, and he, he organises yeah, uh, um, Waterloo uh, Music Festival every year. Um, and, and he sort of stepped in and took all, because... We're, we're, we've all got busy lives and pulling an event together like that and all the infrastructure needed it takes somebody with all the contacts and he, he took all that away from us but he was an absolute expert I yeah think, wasn't he? but it, but it was great just to be able to turn up as a punter and wander around even the, like the, the showers of rain just didn't spoil anything and it was a lovely atmosphere and um, it just every time every time we put something on and we think oh will somebody turn up will anyone turn up we're never disappointed because the catchment area of around Rimrose is massive. 90,000 people within a one-mile radius. Well, there you go. And, and, and it's sort of like, it's, it's just brilliant, isn't it? And, and this is why, like, even, you know, even if you're not doing anything campaign-y, it's, it's so important that we keep this space. Um, and we, it, it, you won't be able to hold a festival on, on the verge of a, of a motorway, because that's what it would be. Who would come to that, you know, so... And it's nice doing these public events, because you get, you get a bit bogged down, don't you, in the sort of... T- trying to speak to politicians and trying to plod on with the administrative and political stuff. And you can get a bit sort of, you know, in a bit of a dark tunnel. Yeah. But when, when you sort of hold a public event like that, a large public event, and you see all the public out there enjoying and supporting Rimrose Valley, you think, yeah, that's why I do this. That's why I volunteer to, you know, for this campaign. Definitely. It's five years since the road was announced, the preferred route was announced. So the next things could get serious next year in the sense that the national highways might hold their statutory consultation. So that's them, God knows what they've been doing for the past five years, but that's them coming back and saying, this is what your route's going to look like, this is where we're going to plant your saplings, this is where the, the bridge is going to be. And we need to be ready for that, but... The, the more, the, the longer this goes on, and the more, you know, things like the one thing we haven't mentioned is, I thought, not in much detail, is the Freeport. So the government put out to tender that the areas could pitch to become a Freeport in Liverpool City region. Um, Steve Rotherham's sort of organisation said, yeah, we want it, and we, we, they've been successful in getting it. But what that means is that we're going to, in theory, get more investment. And with that investment, again, it goes back to the argument if, 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 if it's going to be so great for the economy, it needs the infrastructure to match it. So I'm really hopeful that, again, depending on whoever's in government, the penny will drop and say, well, why don't we invest in rail for the port? Why don't we invest in these other solutions? And we as a community will keep demanding it. But it's one of those things, it's, 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 it's going on and on, and we just need to make sure we're on top of absolutely every angle. Um, and then come the time of the statutory consultation, we're, we're ready to respond. And, and I'm sure that communities will turn out in force and say, we don't want this road. We 
got a foraging walk coming up. We've got a, a, fun, uh, a fungi uh, guided walk coming up as well, and then we, we've got a Boxing Day and New Year's Day ones that we'll do then this year. But it's, I'd love for the charity to for this road threat to go away, and then all our energies be focused on doing nice stuff. More forest schools, more environmental wards for kids, and more. We could we should be doing habitat protection projects and. But the, 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 as I say, the, the issue is we've got to fight to save the place first and, and that's why we're all involved and we're all sticking at it. Merry Christmas from the Save the Rimrose Valley. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas.